Hello, and welcome to the Alternative Podcast, coming to you from San Andres Island. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now here is Pastor Eddie with this week's message. So I want to officially welcome to um, those that are worshiping with us online. Um, we see if uh, Mrs. Amaati, who is in uh, Miami, told me that he, she will be connected with us this morning. So I want to welcome Jacinta. Welcome that you are here. We send greetings from the Alternative family. And for those that are worshiping with us here in presence online as well. So we are in the second week of our study through the epistle of Colossians. And who remember what we have entitled this series for purposes of having a, a concept to management? Who, who remember what we are calling it? Enough. Enough. Good. Thank you, Primo. Um, enough. The emphasis of our study is basically um, through this letter is to get us um, strengthened in our conviction of Jesus Christ being sufficient and more than enough. Because we know that there are things and ideas and um, influences that will tell us that Jesus is not enough. That we need Jesus and other things. So the goal of our um, study here is to get us to understand that Jesus Christ is more than enough. Listen to this. For all of life. The other things then that come in life is an addition. But Jesus Christ is more than enough. So grab your Bibles and let's go to Colossians chapter 1. And let's turn to verse 3. Verse number 3. Colossians chapter 1. And let's go to verse number Three, and we read all the way through the verse number 12. It reads, We always thank God, Paul is speaking along with Timothy, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Why? Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of love and the love you have for all God's people. It says, For some of God's people. All of God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you on the earth, in heaven, and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. I remember when I used to study philosophy in the university, we, we were studying the different philosophies as to where um, the ultimate reality, what we call summum bonum, the ultimate goodness of life. And we read an African church father by the name of Afri um, Athanasius. Athanasius says, Son, who is the ultimate reality? And he said, The son, speak back to him. I am not him. He said, He spoke to the wind. Wind, tell me who is the ultimate reality. And the wind said, It's not me. He said, All right, stars. Speak to me to the ultimate reality. And the star says, It's not me. And Athanasius said, Oh, Augustine said, Then who it is? And a voice spoke to him, Is Jesus Christ. Ultimate reality. Meaning that Jesus Christ is the ultimate truth. That's what he said in heaven. That means that when we look for ultimate truth on earth, we are missing the point. We need to look for it in Jesus Christ. And he said in the same way, verse 6, the second part of verse 6, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. 
Verse 7, you learned it from Epaphras, our dear and fellow servant, who is a faithful minister. I want you to underline that word. Who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. And who also told us of your love in the spirit. For this reason, verse 9, verse 9 right here. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life pleasing or worthy of the Lord and pleasing in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. If you are taking note, I want you to write down this title. I have two. I will give you which one you want. One is gospel fidelity. Or to summarize it, be faithful. Gospel fidelity or be faithful. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to be faithful to the gospel. In your name I pray. And the church of God says, Amen. After reading and reflecting on this uh, passage or the text that we are reading or studying this morning, I've come to one conclusion. I've come to the conclusion that for us to change these places and communities and things that are happening around us, or for us to make an impact in the life of people that are wreaking havoc in our society today, I believe that it's not lied or embedded in the faithfulness that we have to a certain political party. I believe that the solution or the change that we aspire to accomplish is not embedded in our faithfulness to a particular church or preacher. And I believe also that our faithfulness and to change and to transform our society is not embedded in a particular tradition or idea. I think it is embedded and rooted in our faithfulness to share the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus for the only thing that can change hearts and the only thing that can change society through people whose hearts are changed is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we could have changed people, if we could have changed our children, we would have changed them long time ago. But by we can't do it, we need to go to the source that can actually do it. And that is the solution is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The coming of Jesus Christ to earth, the living of Jesus Christ on the earth, the dying of Jesus Christ on earth, and the burial of Jesus Christ on the earth. But not only that, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ from death that no one could do, but only Jesus could do by the power of God. But not only that, the gospel also is that Jesus Christ ascended and is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father, meaning that he had all power. So anything that we want to change, we need to go to Jesus Christ. Let me, let me try to explain. For instance, if you think with me for a while, um, let's say you have 
Um, you, you, you want to see or you want to have papaya or you want to eat papaya but you don't have the seed to plant the papaya but you want it but you don't want to buy it you don't want to beg it but you want to go into your ground into your farm and eat papaya what do you need to do? you have to sow the seed can you eat papaya without sowing the seed in your farm so that you can pick it up? No, right? Let's say if you want to eat mango, you got purse for mango. You have a desire to eat mango. You don't want to buy it. You don't want to beg. And you don't want to steal it from somebody else. This is what they are doing today. What you need to do? You need to sow it so that you can reap it. You know what this is telling us? It's the same thing. We want to see fruitfulness and we want to see fruits and we want to see a change in our marriages and in our relationships. But we are not sowing the seed in order to reap the fruit. We want to see changes and we want to see things change and move differently in a society that is filled with violence and crimes and thieves and corruption and all the evil that we can mention, but we are not sowing the seed of the gospel that can actually change it. But yet we are expecting fruitfulness. I want you to understand something that our old, father, our old parents they say, you can't reap if you know if you're not plant. But we want wheat today. But we are not planting. And those that are planting, we don't have the grace and the, the kindness to say, this man is working hard and planting and sowing seed. And they're not going to this man go on a farm and see this man plant. We want to have fruitfulness. We want to see bear fruit, but we are not investing and we are not sowing the seed so that we can reap from what we sow. Let's go to our text this morning. And let's ask Paul and Timothy, why is it important to keep on sowing in a farm or a ground that we had that is tough and hard? Paul is going to answer us and say, look at the faithfulness of Epaphras. A man who sowed seed in a city like Colossae that was hard and that was anti-God, that was pluralistic in nature, meaning they, they worship and they believe in various God and they believe in various methods and ideas and perspectives. And Paul said that even in that culture and in that city, a man, a faithful servant of the Lord by the name of Epaphras, he was faithful. He was committed. He was devoted to sow seed in that hard city. And eventually he bear fruit. He did not compromise. He did not say, you know, I'm going to give up because these people are hard. This community is very hard. And everything that I'm doing, it seems like it's in vain. He kept sowing seed. And listen to what Paul said in verse 7 of the faithfulness of this man. Paul said in verse 7, you Colossians, you learn that we no need to increase in knowledge of something. If you learn the gospel from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, and listen to this, who is a faithful minister? You know what that means? That word faith doesn't mean that you believe in something. This word faith here in the original language here means that this man was committed and never compromised. That even when he had the opportunity to compromise because the environment was hard and the environment was difficult, he kept sowing the seed of the gospel. And listen to this. The environment or the place we are in should not stop us from being faithful to the Lord. 
Instead, it should inspire us to continue to be faithful in those environments. Listen, the problem is not with the place and the problem is not with the gospel. The problem is with our faithfulness to the gospel. That means that if we continue to be faithful, sowing the seed and not compromising, we will be like Epaphras throughout history. When Paul and Timothy said, do you see my good friend Epaphras, our servant, who was faithful, who never compromised? He was loyal to the gospel and he breathed fruit. Listen to this, I'll write this down. Very important. Faithfulness in sowing the gospel will produce fruitfulness from the gospel. Let me repeat that. Faithfulness in sowing the seed of the gospel in hard places, in hard communities, among hard people, among hard families, members, and friends will produce great harvests. As long as we remain faithful. This is what we find with Epaphras, and this is what Paul is encouraging us today. I do not know what is your colossi. I do not know what is your hard place. Or your hard situation, but be faithful to the Lord because it will bear fruit. And why we need to be faithful? Because there are two things that I want us to look at this prayer. In this prayer that we have, we have a prayer of thankfulness from verse 3 until verse 8. And then we have a prayer for strength from verse 9 until verse 12. Paul prayed at the opening of what we call the introduction or the salutation of his letter for these people giving thanks for their faith, but also praying, interceding, so that they will remain rooted in the faith. So there are two things that we can learn from these two prayers that Paul prayed. One for thanksgiving and one for intercession. The first thing that we learn about the gospel here and the fidelity of the gospel is this. The gospel has the power to redirect people's lives. The gospel redirects life. In this hard place and among the hard audience, Epaphras saw the gospel working and bearing fruit, but it required him to be faithful. Epaphras was sowing seed, and then when he started to see the gospel bearing fruit, he went back to Paul and reported to Paul, Paul, look at what is happening, and look at what is happening here in verse number 4 and verse 6, as Paul highlights the fruit and the redirection of the gospel in three elements. And I want to bring them to your attention. Look with me in the first part of verse 4. Paul shows that the gospel redirects people's faith or belief system. Look at verse 4 in the first half. He said, because we have heard of your faith in Zeus. That means that you have people that believe or have faith in something, but not our people believe in Christ. That means that in Colossae you have people believing in the gods and the philosophies. But what makes the difference for Paul is that people were believing in Christ Jesus. Listen, there are three words for faith in the New Testament. We have the word knowledge, we have the word conviction, and we have the word experience. The word here is that these people had a conviction in Christ Jesus. Listen to what these people believe. These people believe that Jesus Christ is more than enough. I don't need Zeus. 
I don't need preaching at the garden of the Colossians. I don't need this God. I need Jesus. And that redirected their faith. And Paul knew that these people have faith in Christ. So he realized that I need to do something. I need to pray for them because he was in prison in Ephesus. So Paul was saying that these people had faith not in something, but in someone. And that is what makes it different, that when we believe in Christ Jesus, what that word means is that they commit to follow Jesus and not follow any other sources out there. Their commitment was only to Jesus. They have chosen to follow Jesus without compromising or entertaining other ways or options of life. I like what one theologian said. This theologian, I like him plenty because he's an old head in this thing. And many of the references that we have in, in terms of the book of Colossians, I always go back to Dr. Hendrickson. I had the opportunity to, to study under one of his, um, so, um, his disciples, Dr. Hendrickson. He said these words. He said, those whose faith is in Christ Jesus acknowledge no other God but Jesus Christ as God. So hear me, family. If you believe in Jesus and you commit yourself to Jesus, you mean that you are not going to entertain nothing else, but you are going to follow Jesus all the way. Even if something is calling your attention over here, your eyes are set on Jesus. Even when something is pulling you back, your eyes are set on Jesus. So the first thing that the, the, um, the gospel did is to redirect these people's faith. But look at the second part in verse 2. In the verse 4, in the second part of the verse 4, Paul said that not only I see that you have faith in Christ Jesus, but God also changed your love for one another. This is important. Because remember in our introduction to the book of Colossians, is that this place was a touristic place like St. Andrews. People come and go, what we call transient. That means that different cultures and different people converge in one place and they have different beliefs and different practices. So what is happening here? You have Jews over here. You have Greeks over here. You have different people from different cultures. And these people, like the Jews and the Greeks, they couldn't coexist with each other. They didn't love each other. But listen to what Paul said in the first, in the second part of the verse where he said, and of the love you have for all God's... This is... Wait, hold on. You guys are missing the point. But Paul is saying that Jews who hated the Greeks and Greeks who hated the Jews, they started to love each other. That means that Jesus come in the midst and redirect these people. Listen to me. When we are in Christ Jesus, we can't pick and choose who we are going to love. When we are in Christ Jesus, we love because we look at people through the image and the likeness of God. Even if they don't like me, even if they don't see eyes to eyes with me, even though they don't have the same ethnic background or the cultural background like me, I still love them because we are one in Christ Jesus. So there is no right side this. Oh, there is no right side the other thing. As long as we are in Christ Jesus, we are all in Christ. In other words, if we are going to build a Christ-centered community, we must build it upon the love of Christ and not on our preferences and our differences. Listen to me here now. Many times churches destroy because we have preferences and we have differences. 
I prefer this one. I prefer the other one. I prefer this type of music. I prefer the other thing, type of music. But as long as we are in Christ, all of us have room. If we have preference for this, and we have preference for the other one, but this one is playing today, I am going to rock with it because I am not about these things. I am about Christ Jesus. So here the alternative, we don't worry about what this or the other thing. We worry about Christ Jesus. If it's for Christ and it is honoring Christ, I will rock with it. But if it's not honoring Christ, it's not glorifying Christ, then we can... No, I don't like it. See, we fight over non-essential things. And the most essential things that we should fight for, we don't fight for it. Pa said, I see that you guys are low. Pa's mind was blown away. How is it that Jews, that these people, and how is it that these people that hated the Jews, they are loving each other? Pa come to the conclusion, only the gospel. So our fidelity and our loyalty should be to the gospel and not to your opinion, not to my opinion, but to the opinion of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So if we are going to build God's kingdom and God's community, we need to love each other regardless of our differences and our preferences. Yeah. But you notice something in verse 5 and verse 6. In the first part of verse 6, Paul said that not only this kind of love happened and this kind of faith happened, it happened because Jesus redirected their expectation. Look at how Jesus uh, redirected their expectation in verse 5 through the verse 6. Read carefully. Paul said in verse 5, he said, let's go to verse 5 case so we can follow here on the screen. Verse 5, he said, the faith that has come to you, verse 5, verse 5 said that the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up in heaven. Where? Where? Paul said, no, you shifted your expectation in materialism. Because the Greek culture said that the only way we can achieve fullness and completion in this world is when we occupy ourselves in trying to get out of the accumulation of wealth and the accumulation of knowledge from the earth and study the great philosophers and go to the school of Alexander and get all of the textbooks that are there and full of head with information. And Paul said, no, no, my friend, don't waste your time. Those are just additional things. But set your attention and your expectation in heaven where Christ lives. Why? He's shifting their attention to Jesus Christ. He's telling them that only Jesus Christ can give us direction and he can change our life. This reminds me of when we used to live in the U.S. If I get hit, don't please cover me here and, and help me get up. Kesha had problem with direction. So when she would drive or when we would drive long distances, I would always well, I would always drive. But when she would have to go by herself, she could go to those places five or ten times. She would always miss the address. Um, where the person live again? I bet you you miss the address. She had struggles and problems with direction. She always struggled. So what we did, we come up with a solution. That time they never had phone, they never had apps with direction or what we call maps or GPS. So we had to go out and purchase a GPS so that she would have it in the car. 
So that if she would just drive from here to 10 minutes, we would always put it down to make sure she reached the destination. And sometimes even with the GPS app, she would always miss the direction. And then we would hear, sometimes I just keep myself quiet and just, just watch him and the GPS would just say, rerouting, rerouting. That is what happened with the gospel. The gospel rewrite or reroute and redirect our life so that we can reach our destination where Christ is. Only the gospel can change and only the gospel can affect our life so that we can be where God wants us to be. And that is what is happening. The reason why we end up there, there and everywhere is because we have taken out the GPS, which is the gospel, and we start to follow other people's information and not the gospel information. So when we are in trouble, that is the result of the fact that you have turned away from the GPS. Stick with the GPS. So this is what we have. The gospel have the power to change and the gospel have the power to redirect people's life. And this is what Paul is telling these people. The gospel have the power to change people's lives. And I believe the problem that we have today why we are not seeing changes, not even among us as believers, is because we have walked away from the gospel and we start to follow everything that is nice and sweet to us. But it's not gospel centered. So I follow this person because when it talks, I feel like I'm in heaven. Or I follow this idea because when I look at this idea, it's so, so logical and so straight and it makes such a perfect sense. But the thing is, is it glorifying Jesus? You see, Paul have relevancy to us today. So the other thing that the gospel does is not only redirects, but the gospel releases. Okay? The gospel releases. In Colossae, there were different ideas spreading around, arguing that there are secret knowledge and wisdom and information and understanding that we can access and we can obtain. And Paul saw that and said, look, I pray because I see that these people have faith in Christ and they love each other and they have hope for the return of Jesus Christ. But I pray because I saw some danger that is coming. Listen to me, family. The minute you accept Jesus Christ, in fact, let me ask you this question. When you were out there doing all manner of evil, you ever had the troubles them that you have today? But the minute you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, how many of you can say you have more troubles than where you had when you were out there in the world. How many of you can confess that? My goodness. You know what Paul is saying? Literally, I need to pray for you guys because, listen, the minute that you accepted Christ and decide to commit to follow Jesus Christ, hell is going to break loose. So hear me, family. When hell breaks loose, Paul said, rejoice. Why? Because God's hand is upon your hand. So Paul said, in anticipation of what is coming, I'm going to pray for you so that you can be fit. So what happened to the gospel here? The gospel releases fullness in Christ Jesus. Go with me in verse 9 and verse 10. In verse 9, look at how the gospel released fullness to Paul's prayer. Paul said in verse 9, in the same chapter 1, Paul said, For this reason, 
Since the, the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for what? That word means on seizing. That Paul said, I'm in prison. This is crazy, man. The man said, I am in prison. But still I'm praying for you. <laughs> Paul said, I am in prison. I am in hell. I am in dungeon. But I'm praying for you. Because the same thing that I am experiencing, possibly you're going to experience it. And if you don't have stamina and you don't have fullness in Christ, you might fall off. So what Paul said, listen to what he said. We continually ask God to fill you. That word fill means to be complete, to be um, like if you have a battle and you start to pour 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 and you get to the rim. And it started to pour over. What happened to that battle? What is the sign that the battle is giving you right there? It's full. That is what Paul said. You have to be full of Jesus. Why? Because if you are not full with Jesus, you are not going to live right and you are not going to stand right. So here what Paul is saying, the purpose of being filled with Jesus is to lead to right living. So when we are filled with Jesus, don't worry, we are going to align our life with Jesus. So what Paul is saying, if we are filled with Christ, we will not live out of set and out of God's will, but we will walk in God's will. In other words, what is the point here? Paul is proposing that these believers will lead them to live a life pleasing to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here it is. Filling with Jesus will be living right with Jesus. That means we need to constantly fill our life, our ears, and when we are watching things, we need to watch things that will fill us with Jesus. Because if you fill your life with wrong information, it will lead to wrong living. But if you fill your life with right information, it will lead to right living. So Paul said, I don't want only you to be fit, filled with the Spirit or filled with information. But look at verse 11. Paul said, I want you to be fit also. Who like go to the gym? That means that you don't like to be fit. <laughs> but the reason why a person go to the gym is because the person wants to be fit. Or wanted to get energy because of the, the high tempo life or the busy life that person carry at home or at job. But listen to what Paul said in the verse 11. Paul said, be strengthened with all power according to his glorious, what? Might. For what? So that you may have great, two things, endurance. What is the endurance? Steady. And then he said, patience. I like, I like the King James version of this one. The King James version said, long suffering. Willing to take anything and not complete. Paul said, listen, we need to be fit because what is coming to us will either hit us off balance or make us become impatient and say, where is God? Where is God is not showing up now? But listen to this. When we get to know who Jesus really is, no challenge, no argument against Jesus will never move us from our commitment to Jesus. No. You know why? I had the experience recently. Sometimes I wonder, why is it that 
other religions go after people who believe Christ Jesus. And you have so many people out there that don't know Jesus, but they don't go after them. Will you ever ask yourself that question? I was like, yeah, I mean, I accepted Jesus. That's the first thing I said. The person came to me, a friend of mine, and said, start to come up with our type of argument. I said, you accepted Jesus as your Lord. You believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I said, precisely, I want to talk to you about that. So, okay, I said, come on, what you got? So the person started coming with all kind of arguments and all things. Jesus Christ is not Lord. Jesus was a created being. And I said, oh, I see where you're coming from. I said, you are coming from John chapter 1, right? The person said, yes. I hope you know that. I said, go to John chapter 1. And I took out my Greek New Testament. And I tell him, look at your version of your translation of that. And let's look at the original language and let's measure it. So he took out his English Bible. But I knew that he couldn't read Greek. Shaming him. And I take out the Greek New Testament and I show him what it means. And the person like, okay, let's leave it there. We know we're going to argue over this moment. And we start talk as friends. You know what they show me, family? That if we are not filled with the knowledge about Jesus Christ, not only this, but understanding the different perspective that people have and know how to debunk it, we might lose our ground and we might entertain people and we might welcome people and their idea and say, but actually you're right, when you don't know really what the scripture says. And ever since we've spoken, my friend and I, we never talk about the Bible again. So I said, hey, are we was eating this way? He said, no, 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 just cool, man. We are okay with that. Why? Because you need to know what people think. Listen. But you need to know what you believe in. Now, when you are filled with what you believe in and you are convicted in that, no matter the idea that comes, it will not hit you off of balance. Listen to me, family. That means that we can only read the Bible. Not only put it into practice, this animal We need to read other literature too. And I know that as well as people know that read, but we have to start reading. We have to develop that culture of reading. Reading people's perspective. Reading the ideas so that we can contextualize the gospel in our culture today. Read ideas, read information. Not to read everything, but read links, read articles. Get in the habit of reading other people that think. So that you will know what you think and if what you think is so or is not so. So listen, stay strong. And I'm done with this quote from one commentator. One Bible scholar said, he said these words. False teachers were probably telling the Colossians that the original commitment was good, but it was not enough. They needed to accept new ideas in addition to the gospel if they were to expand and grow in their knowledge of God. To this passage, an emphatic no in Colossians. The good news about Jesus Christ was how they needed to begin a Christian life and to live it through the end. So what is bringing us to? Let's be faithful to the gospel. No matter we live a life of compromise. If your friends and your companions are compromising, you don't compromise. Wherever you are, represent Jesus as an ambassador. Because only the gospel can change people's lives. Let's pray. Father, as we get our hearts prepared and ready 
we partake of the Lord's Supper and communion that we usually share, Father. I pray, God, that you prepare our minds. And thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for the book of the Epistle of Colossians that is teaching us, Lord God, about gospel fidelity, that we need to be faithful to Jesus Christ, to Christ in a culture where it's causing us an environment that is promoting and challenging us to compromise Jesus. I pray, Father, that you will make us for strengthened and fortified in Christ. So much, Father, that we will not be um, able to be moved from our position in Christ, but that we will stand our ground and that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, because I know, I know because I experienced it, and I know that many of them have experienced it as well, that various religious groups and religion are coming after the believers so that they can take us off of Jesus and put us on their religion. So, Father, I pray that we will be strong in our faith and in our conviction. As we will see next week, that Paul is talking about Jesus Christ. Who is Christ Jesus? Paul is going to help these people to understand who is Christ Jesus so that whatever information comes, they will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, Father, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. In church of God says, Thank you for listening today. Our hope is that this message has allowed you to hear from the God who loves and redeems you through His Son, Jesus. To hear more from The Alternative, subscribe through your preferred podcast app. We would love to connect with you. You can follow and contact us on Instagram or Facebook at the alternative underscore SAI or watch past messages at youtube.com slash the alternative underscore SAI. Have an awesome week.